0: Most of you know that, uh, that during the weeks, uh, I get to spend time focused on missions. And uh, uh, what a privilege it is for me to, to, for us to focus on missions today because it's such a part of my heart. And just about two weeks ago, I had the privilege of meeting with our regional directors. And the regional director is in charge of anywhere from 20 to 40 countries, and sometimes over 100 missionaries. And uh, the question was asked of the gentleman who's in charge of what we call Eurasia. So that would uh, would include all of uh, Europe and much of Central Asia, even Russia and down into India. And someone asked, what is going on in India today, Uh, especially during COVID? You might know that during COVID, uh, India was hit really hard, very poor country. And he said that he had just met uh, the previous week during a district assembly, a a pastor that was planting a new church uh, during COVID. And as you may know, India is quite, it's quite difficult for us to uh, start churches there because they're very anti-Christianity. So he wasn't able to preach publicly. He couldn't go out on the streets. He couldn't gather people together in a building. He just had to go house to house. And someone asked him, uh, how is it going with COVID and planting this church during that time? And he was quite disappointed because during COVID that first year, he was only able to baptize 180 people that year. (laughs) Totally different concept than we have. It's my privilege to introduce my friend, Scott, come on up. Uh, Scott, Rainey, and, and Jenny. Jenny is not able to be here because she's ministering in another church, but Scott and I have been friends for over 30 years. Uh, I was ending seminary whenever he was beginning, and uh, he kind of took over the ministry a couple years later after I left uh, Kansas City First Church, working with uh, Dr. Chick Shaver that was here last October for the revival. And so uh, Scott and I have been friends for many years. Uh, Scott pastored a great church in Houston while we were uh, in Grandview, Washington pastoring. And then God began to work on their hearts. And at age 40-ish, they recognized God was calling them to missions. And he left that great church to go to uh, Russia, Ukraine. He's going to talk a lot about that. But what a privilege it's been for us to watch, walk his, uh, watch his journey. And that today he is actually working in, in the, the, the ministry center where I also work, focused on discipleship for our entire denomination. So it's a privilege for us to have Scott here. Thank you, Scott, for representing missions. Thank you for what you're doing for the, for the Church of the Nazarene and especially for God's church. Amen. Thank you, brother. Can we welcome Scott? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brent and
1: Darla uh, for the opportunity to come and meet your congregation we've prayed for you um, as you were seeking the lord's will on on even this decision to come here and and to see it now and to see what god's doing i'm very thankful for the chance to come and speak here as well. I want to thank uh, Becky Dirks also uh, Becky serving as the n m i president is such a critical role in every congregation to help the church to remember. Uh, what our call is to reach all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so thank you, Becky, for what you're doing there. Um, I also want to thank every person that's here today uh, because it is your faithful support for the World Evangelism Fund uh, that enables missionaries, Nazarene missionaries, to go around the world to not worry about their finances and to just serve and serve with all their heart knowing that the church remembers them, that the church gives, that the church is praying for them. And so thank you. Thank you for being faithful to that call. And thank you for having a Sunday like this, where you focus in on it and you make commitments to the Lord and say, we're going to support, we're going to participate in what God is doing. This is your church's opportunity to connect to a worldwide mission of making Christ-like disciples in the nations. There's no other way for a church here in Topeka to connect with the whole world, other than through uh, the Church of the Nazarene like this, the way that we do it. Uh, You might be able to help one mission area as a church, or five, or something like that, but Faith Promise allows you to literally put your fingers into every country, 164 countries and world areas around the world, and so uh, thank you for participating in that. My family returned to the United States in August of 2018. We're about ready to reach four years, having been off of the field now. After serving as missionaries in the former Soviet Union, uh, We it's now called uh, the Eurasia North Field. They recently changed their name to the Eurasia North Field. We lived in the country of Ukraine for six and a half years. We served to reach people who did not know Jesus personally, to pioneer new work, to disciple leaders in Christ and to develop the church with the goal of every local congregation becoming a self sustaining and multiplying body of believers. That was our goal. Today, the Church of the Nazarene is in nine of the former 15 countries of what was called the Commonwealth of Independent States and now the Eurasian North Field. Thank you for partnering with the Eurasian North Field. And in making Christ-like disciples in the nations. I can promise you this, if it wasn't for your prayers and your financial support, much of what is happening there would not be possible, and we thank the Lord for what you're doing as well. In my new role serving the Global Church and Discipleship, I find myself not just working with one field, uh, the Eurasian North field, but with 36 fields, not with just one region, but all six regions, And not just nine countries, but 164 countries and world areas. And not just one language, Russian, but 100 plus languages that gather together as Nazarenes every Sunday in over 100 languages. I heard a story recently about a visiting pastor who was attending a men's breakfast in farm country. He asked one of the impressive old farmers in attendance to say grace that morning before they had breakfast. After all were seated, the old farmer began his prayer. He said, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye and wondered to himself, where was this prayer going? Then the farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was overly worried. However, without missing a beat, the farmer prayed on, and he said, And Lord, you know that I don't care much for raw white flour. Just as the pastor was ready to stand up and stop everything, the farmer continued, But Lord, when you mix them all together and you bake them up, I do love fresh biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard... When we just don't understand what you're saying to us, we just need to relax and wait till you're done mixing. And probably it will turn out something better than biscuits. In Jesus' name I pray, he said, amen. Amen. The farmer had learned some incredible truths about God. He had learned that when things don't make sense or when something unpleasant comes his way, God is still good all the time. He can be trusted. The farmer had learned to wait expectantly in hope for what God was doing in his life when the farmer didn't understand the big picture. I want to talk to you this morning about hope. Uh, Hope is an interesting word. Uh, It can be used as a verb or as a noun. As a verb, we would say, I hope that it doesn't rain today. Or I hope I get a raise in my job. And we use it as a word, a verb. And when we use it in that way, we're not sure if what we're asking for will happen. We hope it does. It's maybe a 50-50 chance, uh, weather, predictions. And so we hope for something, but we really don't know if it's possible or not. We're just hoping that it turns out a certain way. But we can use the word hope as a noun, And it changes things. We can say that my hope for salvation, my hope, it's a noun, for salvation is in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, 50-50 turns. And when we use hope as a noun, it becomes 100%. I have a hope that Jesus will return soon. And it becomes a, a noun. I have a hope. And it's a sure thing. Because our hope is focused on a person, on Jesus. In the Old Testament book of Genesis, we find a story of a man named Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram and he speaks. His words actually came as a command. He said in Genesis 12:1, he said, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He said, go. This command is followed by wonderful promises if Abram would only obey God and his call on his life. The promises include the blessing that Abram would become a great nation. He was 75 years old when this promise was made to him. Verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12 records, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. The next 10 years passed, and Abram and his wife don't have any children. Abram, now 85 years old, trusting the promise of God that he would make him into a great nation, but having no children, 10 years later, Abram and Sarah, who's now 75 years old, are well past childbearing years. God comes to Abram in Genesis chapter 15 and reminds Abram that he had promised Abram that he would have children. And Abram reminds God that he had no kids. And once again, God promises Abram, you will have, my translation, biological son born to you. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 records, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed God's promise, and God said, you are righteous because you believe. Another 14 years pass, though, before Sarah miraculously becomes pregnant with Isaac when she was 89 years old. As you likely know, Abram became known as the father of faith to us today. He received this title because he believed God, even when all things, all human facts, seemed to say one thing, he believed God who said another. This is what faith means. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 21 says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Notice it's a noun, in hope, believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened. And I want you to notice that it looks like the longer time went, 24 years, the more he believed. It says, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is the word of the Lord. From Romans chapter 4. When uh, the Church of the Nazarene entered the Eurasia North field, formerly known as the Commonwealth of Independent States, or the CIS, it was the early 1990s. The field represents 15 countries that used to be a part of the former Soviet Union. And of course, the Soviet Union had this, this closed curtain that no one could enter, including the gospel. And so when it fell... All of a sudden, the church rushed in. In the early days of the church, growth was quick. Many people came to faith. People flocked to the services of the Church of the Nazarene when we began there. Uh, The people of the former Soviet Union were hungry for the gospel. They were in great need as a people and wanted to hear from Western people who had entered into their countries. After about 15 years of growth, however, things began to become stagnant. They ground to a halt. The people of these countries had now heard the message of the gospel. Life in those countries was hard. Both father and mother had to work in order to make ends meet. Growth slowed in the church. Churches stopped planting churches. They entered what we would call survival mode in the church. My family came to the field in April of 2012. There was little hope on the field when we entered. Missionaries were in transition. Missionaries who had been there for close to 20 years were leaving now. Leadership was uncertain. Things had become very difficult. Churches had stopped growing and were inwardly focused. Over the next couple of years, I heard many stories of the old days. What churches oftentimes do when things are difficult, they remember the days of the past. We began to dream, however, and we began to pray. And we said, Lord, if you would allow us, we would like to start churches again. We would like to see new things happen, a new fresh breath of your spirit into this land. Something began to happen in the field as leaders turned their focus from the problems around them to God, who is greater than what's the matter. I remember a district superintendent in October 2016 after, in that year, the CIS planted five new churches. Reverend Sergei Archikov, the DS of the Russia South District, said, this is what he said, for many years my hope had dwindled away, but today my hope, a noun, is strong in the Lord for what he is doing in the CIS again. His words reflect a movement of hope from a verb, I hope we can plant a church, to a noun. I have a hope in what God is doing in and amongst us. We can profess today that Christians even have hope in its worst situation, hope in the midst of death. Just a couple of months ago, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday around the world the resurrection of Jesus changes hope from a verb to a noun. While Jesus hung on that old rugged cross in his last words, according to Luke chapter 23 verse 46, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Some have thought these words were a statement of resignation. Jesus knew he was going to die, and this was his final moment. There was no hope for life at this point, only death. But wait. You might remember that Jesus had often told his disciples exactly what was coming. Luke chapter 9, verse 22 records Jesus telling his disciples, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed. And Jesus said, and on the third day, he will be raised to life again. Jesus knew of his coming death, and he knew of the resurrection that would happen three days later. If that is the case, and it was, Jesus' words are not resignation when he said, into your hands I commit my spirit, but confident hope that God would raise him from the dead. I'm reminded of how the writer of Hebrews described Abram's faith when he offered his son Isaac uh, to sacrifice when he was ready to do that. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19, it says, By faith, Abram, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Verse 18 says, Even though God had said to him... uh, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abram reasoned that God would even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abram's confidence was that if God told him to sacrifice Isaac, the promised one, God would also raise Isaac from the dead. Jesus' words on the cross were not Jesus giving up on life. It was not defeat or surrender or the destruction of those who were trying to kill him. Rather, his words were a declaration of victory. Into your hands I commit my spirit, trusting the Father for his soon coming resurrection. Even death does not stop the hope of a believer." Well, a church planting mindset had started again in the CIS field in 2016. I remember it was the fall of 2016 when I read Joshua in my devotion time, my quiet time with the Lord. And right at the beginning, I came across Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, and this is what it said. It reads, I will give you, God speaking to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. You remember the time frame. Moses had been leading the Israelites through the desert for 40 years. But God had told Moses that he would not cross over into the promised land. And so Joshua, his assistant, became the leader of Israel now. And Joshua was getting ready to cross the Jordan River to possess the promised land. And God says to him, Joshua, wherever you put your feet, I will give you that land as I promised Moses. And when I read that in my devotions that morning, I remember stopping and thinking to myself God, you gave that promise to two different people, Joshua and Moses. And in fact, that promise sounds very much like what God promised Abraham when he first went into the promised land. When he said, go to the north, south, east, and west, and wherever you put your feet, I'll give you that land. God had given one promise to three people over a period of about 450 years. And I stopped in my reading and I prayed. And I said, Lord, you gave it to three over 450 years could you also give it to me over 2,500 or 3,000 years? Could you also give it to me? Lord, would you give me that promise that wherever I put my feet across the CIS, that you would give us that land? I remember uh, beginning to think about that and saying, Lord, if, if that promise is true for me, if what you have promised Abraham and Joshua and Moses is true for me, um, where would I put my feet and where would we have meetings? You see, every year we would gather together because we had work in nine different countries. And so we would gather our leaders together one time a year in the fall, and we would meet together in different, different cities. We would always go to where we had work, where we had a church. And those people would be the ones that received us and i thought why would we do that if if god's saying to me that everywhere you put your feet i'll give you that land for his kingdom why would we go to a place we already have land so i began to plan for meetings that were held in different places one year we went to tbilisi georgia we didn't have a work in the country of georgia And we went to the capital city, and we met with people we planned to have not only our meetings, but we also met with some of the religious leaders in that country, and we told them about the Church of the Nazarene. And we said, we're praying that God might open a door for us to be here. And it wasn't long before God opened that door, and Hiram and Yanni Galvez went to Tbilisi, Georgia, and began the Church of the Nazarene in the country of Georgia in Tbilisi, where we had put our feet God was giving us the land. I remember going to Minsk, Belarus, and we traveled there and had meetings there just like we had in Tbilisi. We didn't have work in, Georgia, in the country of Belarus to the north of Ukraine, and we went to the capital city and we did the same thing. And people would say to us, please, Church of the Nazarene, come to us. Come to Belarus. Start the church here. And it wasn't long before we had a family who had moved to Minsk, Belarus, Nazarene family from Russia who began the work of the Church of Nazarene there. I could tell you the same story of Riga, Latvia, one of the countries we entered while we were there. Same exact story, when a Russian family, then after we had been there, moved there and began the work of the Church of Nazarene. Everywhere we were putting our feet, God was giving us the land. And so I began to dream. Lord, well, where will we go next? What place will we have a meeting next? And the Lord gave me an idea. It was like a thought came to my mind and I remembered that there was a train that went all the way across the country of Russia. It's called the Trans-Siberian Express. The next slide, I believe you have a picture of that. It spans nine different time zones, nine hours across Russia. The train starts in Moscow and goes all the way to Vladivostok, uh, which is over on the east side by North Korea in China And it takes six and a half days to cross as that train stops in many different small cities and some large cities. The church of the Nazarene has ministry on the uh, western side in Moscow, Volgograd, St. Petersburg, all on the west. And we didn't have anything on the east, but we had started a church in Vladivostok. And so we said, what would happen if we gathered together in Moscow and we started on that train, and we would get off the train every time the train stopped and put our feet all across Russia. Say, Lord, if you'll keep your promise that everywhere where we put our feet, you'll give us that land, we want to reach people here with the gospel in this city. The women wouldn't go on the trip with us because there's no showers on the train, and so six and a half days was not appealing to them, but 11 of the male leaders on our field got together on this train and we went from Moscow to Vladivostok exiting the train and putting our feet on the ground and saying, literally praying, Lord, if you'll keep your promise, we want a church of the Nazarene there. Today, from actually the east more than from the west, the Korean church is beginning to push forward across from Vladivostok into these other cities along Russia and I believe that someday we're going to have a Siberian district with churches of the Nazarene across where we put our feet that God is giving us that land. I want to ask you today on this Faith Promise Sunday as you desire to be a part of something bigger than even just Topeka where would you put your feet today? If God were to give you that promise that wherever you put your feet, I'll give you that land. If you knew that promise was for you right now, today, where would you go put your feet today? I imagine that some of you would go to an unsaved family member and you would go to their apartment or their house and you wouldn't say why you were there, but you'd just put your feet down in the house you'd, and you'd think, you'd pray silently. Lord, if you'll keep your promise, I want this land for you. I want this family to know you. Some of you would probably, the church board, pastoral staff, would probably say, let's start marching around this community. Let's walk up and down these streets. Wherever you put your feet, I'm going to give you this land. Lord, would you help us here? Some of you would say, I want to take a work and witness trip this year. I want to go to a new place. I want to put my feet in a new country and say, Lord, if you'll keep your promise, where would you put your feet today? To make it even closer, some of you on your way out of here would go to a restaurant and instead of just sitting down to be served, you might think a little differently and say, Lord, if you'll give me this place, help me to be a witness for you today in this place. Where are you putting your feet today? Where is God leading you, your church, in 2022 and beyond. Do you believe that God is able to accomplish what he's calling you to do? Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I want to tell you a story in closing today about a family named Valeri and Jana Sergikov. Uh, Their picture is next here. Valery and Jana, uh, uh, I want to talk to you about their life. Uh, it was 1992, just after the fall of the Soviet Union. And uh, they were unsaved. Valery was actually a retired uh, army officer for the Soviet Union and also now decorated as a Ukrainian officer. Uh, Jana was an English teacher, and they lived in the city of Komelnitskyi, Ukraine, uh, about five hours to the west of Kyiv, the capital. Uh, It was 1992, the Soviet Union had collapsed, Ukraine had been formed, and there was a a widow in the state of Florida. She was about 75 years old, and uh, she was retired and living there in Florida. And the Lord began to speak with this widow. And this widow sensed that God was calling her to leave her retirement city and to go be a missionary in the country of Ukraine. I can only imagine what this widow's children, grown children, would have said to mom. Like, mom, your day is past. Let somebody else go. Give some money to that. Don't you go. You are retired. Stay here. I can only imagine what her grown grandchildren would have said to grandma. What are you doing, grandma? Don't do that. It's dangerous over there. We don't even know if there's food for you over there. But this 75-year-old widow, retired widow in Florida left Florida and went to Ukraine and found herself in the city of Khmelnytskyi. Ukraine she didn't know Ukrainian she didn't know Russian she didn't want to learn the languages so she started to look for people who spoke English and this retired missionary now found Jana who was an English teacher in her in her school and began to work with Jana on English and became her friend this lady was only in Ukraine for one year but during that year Jana Sergikov repented of her sins, and put her trust in Jesus. And that lady went home to America. Jana began to be a witness to her husband, Valeri, who was hard and tough. And she, he saw his wife changing, and it wasn't long between, before Valeri bowed his knee, repented of his sins, and trusted Jesus as his Lord. A few years later, Valeri and Jana Sergikov became Nazarenes and planted the Church of the Nazarene in the city of Khmelnytsky, Ukraine. This is all a result of a 75 year old woman who said, My time's not done. And God, if you call, I will go. Where are you going to put your feet in 2022? Where is your focus of your hope today? I want to say that Ukraine will need to once again find hope in Christ through these difficult days. Thank you for your prayers for Ukraine. Today is Pentecost Sunday. What a great day to have faith promise in a church, Uh, a day when the church exploded in growth. And it was all because 120 people were seeking the Lord, praying on their knees, waiting on the Holy Spirit to come, Christ's promised spirit that would come. And on that day, the Holy Spirit fell on 120 people. And they walked out of that room and they began to speak different languages of the people in the city of Jerusalem. And all of those people went to other countries, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. This is Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit in his church, the birth of the church. Well, for us, what does that mean? That means when we feel like, wow, what can we do? What can our 120 people do with a world like this? Well, what would happen if in a day of Pentecost, we would allow the Holy Spirit to fall upon us and we would seek him with all of our heart? and we would say god i'll go where you want me to go even though it's scary because my hope is in you let me pray with you this morning father we come before you very very thankful for your love for us thank you god that somebody somewhere in our history came to us with the gospel maybe we grew up in a in a christian home i did But Lord, somebody came to my parents and helped my mom and dad know you. And I'm so thankful for them. Lord, we may have to go back three and four generations of some of the families here to find the one who didn't know you, whose life was destroyed by sin, and who the Spirit came and reclaimed and redeemed and made new. And generations have been changed because of it. Oh God, would you help us to have hope like that again. Hope for a church, the Topeka Fairlawn Church, with a wonderful, godly new family that pastors here. Jesus, would you empower them by your spirit to do a new work here that you're doing, that that this church would become a thriving center for evangelism into its community, that it would have the understanding that evangelism isn't just in this city but is worldwide and Lord bless them and strengthen them to be who you call them to be help us to have hope in who you are because you're the one we can't do it on our own we need your spirit on this day the day of Pentecost we need your spirit to come and move us to obey you and to follow you and to go where you call us to go we promise Lord we promise today that where you send us, we will go. We'll leave what we're doing now in a second if you'll call. We'll go to the neighbor in a second if you call. We'll speak to a friend in a second if you call. Lord, we're listening. We love your voice. Speak to us, fill us, and lead us to be your people today in everywhere that we go in 2022. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you, Brother Scott. Would you please stand? What a privilege we have this morning of joining with literally over 30,000 churches of the Nazarene in 164 countries who are doing just like what we're doing today, perhaps on a different day, but we have all had the privilege of locking arms, joining together in prayer, sending missionaries, praying for God's kingdom to expand all over the world and to give financially. And you have been receiving in your bulletin something that looks like this uh, for the last couple weeks, and it's a It's a card that just helps you and us walk through a journey this next year of faith. That as you and your spouse have been praying over these last couple weeks, perhaps God has been giving you a a focus of faith for the next year to ensure that we go into that 165th country, 166th where missionaries are just now, even perhaps today, stepping on on the land of that country and by faith asking that God moves into that, that new community. And if while we're singing, you would fill that out, we would certainly appreciate it. And all of us together will move into this year by faith, accomplishing something greater together than we could do individually. Darla and I have already filled out our card and I've already put it in the back and I would ask that while we sing, you'll fill that out, and you can just put it in the offering plates. After Darla leads us in the singing, I'll come back and pray for us. would just invite you if you are sensing the movement of the Holy Spirit inviting you to take a step of faith I would just invite you to come to the altars and we would love to gather around you and pray for you as you do that I just feel that God has reminded me of something that happened to me about the second week of October in 2018 when I began to recognize that God was moving on my heart to leave a wonderful church with great people in a wonderful valley in Washington and I just begin to sense that God was inviting me to make a change and I was sitting in my lazy boy chair Sunday evening at about 1030 at night and I really sensed that God said you need to send an email to the global missions director in Kansas City and just tell him I'm available, whatever that means. And and I didn't know what that meant. And I said, Lord, are you sure? But I sent the letter and just about two days later, I received a email back that he wanted to talk to me about a, a position that he knew needed to begin. I am confident that the Topeka story in my life and Darla's life was all a part of that journey. And it was only because of God moving into that quiet space and me recognizing that I had already said, Lord, whatever you want. I had already said that, that he began to say, okay, now I have an idea. Let's work together to make this happen. I'd just like to invite all of you as you move into your your families and your jobs, your school this week, would you listen to Brother Scott's encouragement to step into those communities, into those restaurants, neighborhoods, possible new ministries, saying, Lord, this is yours. What would you like for me to do here in this relationship, in this classroom, with this employer, who am I to, for you right here? And I wonder if God will open our eyes to new ministries, new possibilities, that God will lead people to the Lord because of our willingness to say, whatever you want, Lord, use me. My friends, would you receive this benediction? Brother Jude gives us this to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our savior be glory majesty power and authority Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, go in peace, for he's already gone before you. You're dismissed.